And it's Dan and James talking about the Villa games. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the brand new episode of the AVFC Faithful Podcast with myself, Dan, and of course, James back at it once again. And, uh, well, one half of this podcast expected what happened to sat- happen on Saturday happened. So uh, I'll uh, I'll take my flowers in the comments if they're coming through. But, uh, well, I, I haven't got it with me, but I was thinking of making a sub on the time poster behind us, to be honest, to, to sort of have it on maybe like an edited background. But, uh, yeah, nothing short of a, of a Villa Park demolition, was it, James? It wasn't. I mean, you called it. You said that it was going to be a, a resort where... People like look at us and be like, "Oh, they're serious about this challenge now," yeah. and and we were. And I, th- I don't think it was just, it wasn't just the result; it was the performance as well. Like, uh, I expected it to be quite a tight game. I, I think I said one-one, and I thought that we it'd be like back and forward. But majority of the game we controlled and and we bullied them. Yeah. Large large parts of the game they just couldn't live with us, and I think that was what was. It's quite refreshing because I mean we are used to like the slower approaching build up and that, but it was like we thought, no, we're going for it, we're going for you, you know, we're, we're going to take the game to you. And there was a pass map that's going around Mings and concert I don't think they played five passes between them. We were, yeah, we were forward forward passing constantly, and yeah. Newcastle couldn't live with it. it. It was just amazing, and I think that there felt like something in the air on that morning. Yeah. And, you know, I, I wasn't around Villa Park, but from the clips you could see, the photos and the coverage on TV, they felt like something good was going to happen. And the, it was almost like there was a unspoken trust from the fans that they were yeah. going to see something that day. And the atmosphere sounded like it was really good and the, the players fed off it and they gave back. So all in all, just it was like the perfect, perfect Saturday. Yeah, like you say, as soon as I turned on the game and... uh well, for the first time in a very long time, I, I listened to actual pre-match build-up, um, which I don't usually do because it's usually on Sky, and I usually just get a bit angry at the fact that they talk about us for five minutes and say yeah. these players didn't try it under, <laughs> under Gerard and things like that. I get, get quite tired of the takes like that. Uh, but listen to Peter Crouch talk about Emery, first of all, and then also about Watkins was such a breath of fresh air because it was just open and honest. And, and like you said, Emery's been been widely disrespected by by the Premier League fans and by by the Britain as a whole really and and he's proven it. it that game on Saturday was it was nothing short of just an elite level manager putting his balls on the pitch and going this is me this is what I can do to you and we have got a bit as well uh Newcastle is a favor by not even really bothering to turn up as well uh, I've I watched that defense and was shocked at how strong it actually is because I think Trippier got Burned around, I think five times in the first twenty-five minutes by Moreno or Ramsey. Yeah, you've got Dan Burn who lost his head within two seconds of being with John McGinn and somehow escaped a booking and ended yeah. up being replaced for Matt Target, which I don't think I've ever heard anyone say. Quick, let's bring on Matt Target. So, you know, it, it, all in all, it was it was one of those games where, and that's not you know, I, I think Target was was underrated for us looking back on it, but. Obviously, he isn't the level of left back that you would expect for a top four team that Newcastle are. So, yeah, I, I was just amazed because I was so anxious. I think you were as well. We were both saying I was just we were going to sort of fly off the roof if uh, if anything sort of went on. And yeah, I, I, it's definitely the the loudest this house has been listening to a Villa game in, in a while because it was just it felt like the catalyst, as I said last week, where everyone sort of cottons on to what we found out already. And it's sort of like the 
sort of the evidence to back us up because it's it was it, it is huge. Let's not be silly about it. We've beaten a team that is probably quite likely to finish top four, if not top five, this season. And uh, I I couldn't possibly couldn't be happier with the with the game at all. Yeah, well, it was they're the best defense in the league, I think. Um, and you wouldn't have thought so on that day. No. And I don't, as you say, I don't think a Newcastle player turned up and had a good performance. I mean. Anthony Gordon was tight Villa Park, uh, which <laughs> makes me happy. Absolutely horrendous. I can't believe like, the money they spent on that bloke. Yeah, I, I think he'll, he'll turn out to be a good player, but the money that they've spent and what I've seen so far, like, mm. you know, doesn't look good enough. But I mean, they just couldn't live with us. I think we set the tone early, that first chance of in 30 seconds. I mean, I was going, I thought it had gone in. Yeah. But I was re watching the game earlier, and I think what sent out the warning was the shot hit the post. It goes out to either Botman or Byrne. And McGinn just goes through him. Yeah. Puts the ball out of play, goes through him and takes him. It's like a warning to say, you know, we, we're not showing off from you. We're, we're going to be physical with you. And that was, um, that was a fit. I'm, I'm not losing my mind here. The <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It was just a physical game, but it wasn't, we weren't weak. You know, I think we don't have the physical edge like Newcastle do, but we look like we did. It was, we, we were winning second balls constantly, and I can't yeah. remember a team that's done that recently. No. In recent times, we've been so weak in it, and it was just so good to see. And Ollie Watkins, he put on a masterclass. I, I saw, um, I don't know if you know Premier League panel on Twitter. Yeah. He does. He, he, I think he said that it was like a prime Manzukic performance, and I can see that. He just mm. had everything in his game. And the, the setting up Ramsey for that first goal. My oh, God, that was a great header. I, I'll be honest with you, right? Because I'm so not used to seeing things like this for Villa. I was like, "That's <laughs> a mistake." Because it looked it like like when you first see it, and you rush like that. You're like, "Oh, fair play to him," but you know, he's got it for the header. It's bounced off. Luckily, where I watched it back, I thought, "My word!" To to go up thinking you're going to be scoring, and then making that split second decision to change it back whilst being pushed in the back, and the way he did it, uh, lipped. I couldn't believe it. I messaged you 45, maybe, or I thought, what was it, 12.45? I think it was It was about 10 minutes into the game. And I said to you, this is Jacob Ramsey's game. This is the game he, this yeah. is, he's got, he's imprinting himself on this. As yeah. soon as he touched the ball the first time and spun Kieran Trippier, I went, this is it. He's got it now. All he yeah. needs is that one. As soon as he beats his man like that, he's having the game. And that's what he's missed the past couple of weeks. And I, I couldn't be more grateful for it because... Because Watkins needs that, because we need... Yeah. He's had Buendia helping him a lot. Obviously, we've not had Bailey helping too much. We've got Traore coming off the bench. But to have Ramsey starting and helping is nothing but gold dust for us. And, yeah, it was the perfect game for Watkins, like you said. And I, I'm i sure was. Newcastle was stunned that they, I don't think they've ever seen their defence be riled that much. And they couldn't counter him at all. <laughs> he literally said, look, you want it? Try it. Come on. I, yeah. I will run and I will run. I'll win balls, I'll play them off. That second goal, well, well technically scored three, but the, the one offside one while being tight was, uh, I mean, best so in the world, Nick Pope, hey, you know, we don't talk about it too much, but uh, it, it, that that second goal he scores where he just pops it in and just stands there. I think that sort of, he's finally realised just what a player he is. And I think he knows we finally realised it. That standing ovation he gets as well is... Yeah. Is perfect because I don't think he was. I don't think we were going to get a chance for him to get his hat trick. I think 
Nikuno knew that and probably knew it was best for him to him to take the applause and then for yeah Sean Duran to come on, uh, have a good run and then kick someone because that was he's a goal. That was almost a favourite bit of the game. He come on, <laughs> kicked seven shades of shit out of someone and walked around Locker in the park and I absolutely loved him for it. Yep. It was so good. But yeah, that I, I was thinking about it. That that whole left side of our team is just so nice. You think of Moreno, Ramsey, Louise and Watkins all occupying that sort of left area. That's such a nice blend of players. And Moreno was just incredible that yeah. game. I was... I might bore someone with a bit of stats here, and that's a bit of a risk considering the last few days. But <laughs> Moreno accumulated 0.28 XT, just three passes. I don't know what his carries were, but that's that's a good return. He, he had the most threat through three passes in the game. Mm. And, and he was just everywhere up that left side. He, he was linking up, driving past players. As soon as he sent Trippier, I think it was Trippier anyway, with that little knock past him early in the game. My God, I was like, he's going to have a good game. And as you say, Ramsey as well started early, putting uh, Watkins through and yeah. spinning his man, linking up, driving forward. Just everything was on point. And, you know, that that, that is the benchmark of, of performances now that we, we've got to try and hit as often as you can. And we won't yeah. always hit that. That's not how football works, but that's what you aim for. And I think, I think you messaged me on the same night saying, you know, you look at the fixtures and you think, we could actually win all of these. Like, yeah. in, we're, we're capable, like... Yeah. I'm not saying that we will, but you look at them and you think, well, I think we've beaten the best of these last day already. So, you know, definitely keep them not losing any of them. At least yeah. like, I don't I look at them like I, I genuinely think the only one I'm actually worried about is Brentford on the weekend. It's the only one that actually strikes a bit of fear within me. <laughs> the rest of them I'm not I'm not worried about because I feel like Brentford's the only team that have got that little there's just something about them I don't like. I like them as a, like, I really like the club and I really like the team. I just don't like playing them, and I don't know why. I, I think there's an air of uncertainty around them. Yeah, they're they're efficient side, and especially from um, the set pieces as well. Mm. But so are Newcastle, and we had a really aggressive way of stopping them at corners, and we left two players at the pitch. So obviously they had to leave two or three back, and it was yeah. a really, really offensive way of stopping them in that sense. And it was like I love that. Yeah. But the the I think there's two games that stand out to me, and one of them's Brighton on the last day because Brighton looked like they could go to any team and slap them about. But we did a job on them earlier in the season. Yeah. That was Unai's second game. So, you know, we can do that again um, at home. And being that, yeah. honestly, I'll keep thinking about that game, last game of the season. Europe could be on the line and it, the sun should be shining, hopefully. I just think that the atmosphere could be great. Um, but then the, the other game that does stand out to me is Liverpool at Anfield. Mm. It's Anfield. And you know, if yeah, if, if they're hitting their form again, they seem to have found a, a nice little formula with Trent going into midfield recently. They look like they're on to something and you know, they they're gonna hit the playoff end of the season, you could call it, and they're gonna wanna push for Europe. Oh, I still think that we'll we'll finish above them, you know. Um uh, yeah, because I, I don't even think it's game still. Yeah, I, I I think so many people underestimate the te- the teams down below and but like when we beat them, it was laughed upon as us sort of going on about it. So, like, who who have you beat? Well, we're beating teams that are taking results off of other teams that are either around us or above us at times. Yeah. Make no mistake, while they look dead and buried, Southampton will have no problem turning up for one more game this season and somehow beating Liverpool because they can. 
because they're that type of team. All teams in this league have the ability to beat anyone barring, well, I wouldn't even say barring City or Arsenal because it can happen. West Ham probably should have beat Arsenal the other day, judging by the end of the game. The way that the league goes, it's not as simple as saying they're playing that team, it's definitely a win. It's only that simple as us. Um, It's more a case of I care more about seeing us continue this form and just run it through to the end of the season. We do obviously want to know now where everyone else is is sort of finishing, whereabouts we're going to end up. I mean, I've still put us to finish sixth in my predictions. Just I believe that where everyone is now is where it will finish. I do think uh, Spurs will finish above us, and I do think that Liverpool will finish below us. And I do think that, that Newcastle and United will get top four. But I think that really changes the second that either of them drop points again. Because whilst Newcastle drop points, Man United win. Yeah, And it, it's an interesting gap, I think. And it's one that you mentioned him already, but ha- having someone like Moreno and having the ability of having Young on the other side at the moment really helps because we talk about it a lot and let's talk about tactics and stats because, like you said, it's, it's going down well at the moment. But... We overload the right, sort of give the opportunities to the left, like you always talk to me about, because obviously I moan about the right side all the time. And having Young there as a utility player really helps. And I think he really shone uh, on Saturday as well, because he sort of managed to, he looked at Gordon and went, you've not got your personal backing for yourself this game. And I've always, I've never seen Ash Young step out on the pitch and shy away and look like yeah. he doesn't believe in himself. And, and that is 50% of the game as can be seen with Ollie, it's 50% of the game to believe in yourself, to finish the chances. Same with defending. And that's what he did. And he knew, look, I've got Conza next to me. Then Donker in front of me to the left. He's going to help me as well if I need it. And every time Ashley Young pushed forward, I seemed to see then Donker sort of slot in. If he wasn't the one pressing forward, he would slot in at that right back. And I, I just, I admire seeing Ashley Young do that because let's not be silly. Gordon would probably burn him for pace if he needed to. But he just stood away from a little bit. And then the second he knew Gordon was coming, was like, right, one foot forward, because you're not watching. And Gordon yeah. got caught offside twice, I think, like clear offsides as well, which it never looks good for a winger, does it, really? So, yeah, I, I, it's it's odd for me to compliment fullbacks because I don't think I've ever done it, apart from Matty Cash a couple of times. And it's nice to see that while he's probably not, you know, who we're expecting to play it right back for us, really, in our starting eleven. We can play with him. We're beating a, a top defence in the league with him in there. And all power to Ashley Young, because at the moment he's he's out of contract in the summer, but I, I'd expect that to change. Yeah, it, he's not the long-term solution, but he, he's one of those um, utility players that every team needs, I think. He, because what he lacks in his, his physical attributes, now he makes up with his mental attributes, he's... He's he's not going to be outwitted very often, you know. That he was found out, you could say, in the Leicester game by a good touch and pace, and that that's the way that you're going to beat him. The only way, really, because he's yeah. clever. You know, he, he's a winger by trade. He knows the moves. He knows what to expect. But on the ball, I think that's probably why he's so good in this team is because he's he's so composed. He's got experience, and he, he doesn't want to just clear the ball. He no. wants to play him to midfield. And there was a couple of angle passes that he did. And it, it, it's freed up loads of space. But um, touching on Den Donker, he had a really good performance. It was a nice nice way for him to celebrate his birthday, really. Yeah. And um, I think 
it might be a, a controversial take, but I think he, he, I mean, there's enough of those going around at the moment, but I, I think that he added more balance to the squad than Kamara does. But Kamara gives us more threat. That's mm. sort of how I see it. So I, I, was, I was just playing around it in my head the other day about how we could fit both of those in a team. And I could almost see Kamara playing in the back line, in a sense, playing out. But then Donka plays alongside Louise mm. to give him a, like a screen. Um, I just like what he did. He didn't do anything flashy. He was just no. always on his man, broke up play and moved it on. And he didn't look out of place. So, yeah, it, it's just one of those things. This, this tight-knit squad, they know their value to the, to the squad at the moment. Yeah. And they know that it, you know, that they can offer something if needed. And Emery knows that. And he's got the trust in them. Yeah. It, I think that's, that's really nice because we always talk about how we need the extra depth. And we do in certain areas. But having this sort of chemistry between players and, and not feeling too threatened has brought out the best in them. Well, I was shocked mainly because when he came in, I thought that he was going to look at a lot of the squad and think that they're, they're not what I need and they're not what I can work <laughs> with. And I was, you mentioned the controversial takes. Obviously, I think I spent a lot of the, to, to our newer listeners, uh, obviously we've been doing this since the start of the season pretty much. And uh, I made it quite clear at the start of the season, I didn't think that John McGinn would be anywhere near where he is now for us. I was quite adamant that we should be getting rid of him in January even, let alone the summer. And I I was wrong, clearly. And while some people do say that that maybe it's the manager, I think I think it goes hand in hand. And you can say that for anyone. Of course a, a player's going to play for a better manager. Like that's just I think yeah. basics. And when it comes down to it, I think when you watch these players it's all about how they adapt to the system they're being put in and how they make the system their own. And I think that's what John McGinn's done. I think he's managed to keep his own game, but use Emery's system. It was, I think it was, I'm fairly certain it was that game. And I think John McGinn misplaces, he doesn't misplace Pat, he chooses the wrong option. Uh, Watkins comes short at the front. He's got a left-side option, but it isn't great. And he still plays the left and, and it goes out. I think it was John McGinn or Douglas Louise, and Emery is screaming. He is he throws that he's gone like that. We're winning at the time, and you see it, and you think that's what you want. I yeah. want to see a manager screaming at a misplaced pass every time because I've watched so many this season under Gerard, and he just kept going. <laughs> and, and I, because you're screaming, because you, in my mind, I can do that. Yeah, I can, but. I think I can, and I think you should be able to make a simple pass. And we weren't doing it, and now we are. And if we're not, yeah. he's screaming, and, and they're probably thinking, "I said a fucking fifteen minutes on that two-hour post-match analysis debrief we've got to do after this." So uh, keep the passes to a minimum, boys, and uh, it, uh, maybe that's why we're getting our centre backs not placing too many between them. But I'm I'm just in a state of euphoria when I watch us now. Yeah, it yeah, really is, and and, and yeah, like like yeah. It, a controversial week in Villa Twitter, but I think the way we're performing is we've, in some games, I'm going to say it, have utilised luck to succeed, but every good team makes their own luck. And you don't get in those positions without being a good team and a good squad and with tactics to back it up. And while XG is... Um, a word that's probably made a lot of people press close on their YouTube browser right now. Uh, I think it's a metric that is used 
for a certain reason and nobody believes it to be the reason what it's actually been used for if you get what i mean i think people think that like ollie watkins taking a shot inside the box it goes in it's a goal but why doesn't it equate to like one xg and it, 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 it i don't understand the maths i'm not going to sit here and say i do and i don't look at my games and go how have we done in xg afterwards but it's i think it's a metric that's useful to football clubs not football fans and because we've got the access to this data things like that i think we're thinking why do i care about that and i think sometimes we need to go we don't need to care it's not for us to care it's for people who want to care to care and it's for the football clubs to care and, and we can just look at if you want or look at if you're not you know don't yeah I'm worried. Yeah, yeah. I'm not exactly. worried. We're we're just enjoying it, you know. Yeah. I think for me, looking at that sort of stuff's a hobby when I when I get time to and that. But you know, nothing beats the eye test, and no. uh, and, and analysts will agree with that. At the end of the day, like you could chat to them about it, and they'll you they'll you know they can create opinions upon data, but you can't explain some things in football, and it sort of goes hand in hand, you know. Yeah. That's just how it is. And what Emery is doing is, you know, he's meticulous. He spends, you hear it, he spends so much time planning at the training ground and he probably yeah. spends all his time at home planning and just constantly planning and coaching and and, and managing. That's the thing for me. He's, mm. he's become a manager of this club and it just feels like he's been here for longer than he has. He, I think everyone's just took to the culture and he's took to the club. And I think he's... He's just instantly got us, uh, and yeah. that's a key part to it. Because if it, it's a fan base and and the club in general, uh, uh, I think the word symbiotic or symbiotic, so, something like that, and basically it's living together for mutual benefit. Sort of like Venom and Spider Man. Yeah, so you know that they, they, they need each that other. Brain goes, yeah, 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 effectively. And I think you know if you're both on the same wavelength and you're using each other for, for for a benefit you get great results and that's again that's what how it felt on saturday you know that the crowd gave something for the for the players to feed off and the players gave it back for the crowd to feed off and i think that's something that emery's created he's he's coming and he's already made big decisions like getting rid of ings and, and selling off some of the deadwood and yeah uh, and and demanding a, a certain way of playing but he's always, always got fans on his mind. Mm. First thing he does in interviews is, is it, this is so good for the fans and thank yeah. you to the fans. And <clears throat> Sorry. That goes a long, long way in football. Because mm. football's, about, football's about moments, moments in time. And I think that's another thing when, when you see him yelling at players for misplaced pass or the wrong pass or not being brave enough, it's because games can change on the yeah. flick of a switch and something can happen. So you do have to make the most out of it. But it, by the sounds of it, he's, he's nurturing to the players when they need that as well. So I think he's just a perfect blend. And that whole conversation about if he's elite or not, which I, I believe he is, I don't think you can have that much success and not, not be considered elite, but he's right for us. And that's the main thing, the style that he's brought in and, he's coached to the fans and, and the players at the same time and the way that he approaches everything. And th this team just feels in the same level as that playoff final team, th yeah. that sort of the collective. And I feel like I, I feel like I know that team again. I know nothing about them person personally, but 
I feel like I do. And it's just so so good to feel like that again. Yeah, in terms in terms with the managers, if I look back through, it, you sort of got you had Dean Smith, who was right for the squad and the fans, but not for the club. You had Gerard, who was right for the club and wrong for the fans and the squad. And you finally got Emery, who's right for all three. I think something I've taken notice of, which is something I I was always keen to point out against Gerard. Uh, Emery doesn't go over and clap the fans. Now, the biggest point of this I will always make out, Emery doesn't go over and clap the fans full stop. And I like that because he's not done it once and doesn't do it. And then does it like, it's not like a, it's not something you can pick up on. No one's ever, no, you don't see it talked about because no one actually cares. And no one cared, Gerard, no one ever cared about Gerard not clapping the fans. People cared that Gerard would clap and take the glory when he won and ran down the tunnel when we lost and wouldn't confront the fans when they lost. Yeah. That was the issue. And yeah. seeing the fact that Emery is the same, every single game he is the same. All right, it's probably different, say, if we won a trophy or if we, we got Champions League last game of the season, he'd probably be a bit different. But he is the same every game. Gets straight, claps, uh, uh, claps the sides at home when he's off or like that, or he'll do like a little like hand up to the away fans as he walks off. But he's off down the tunnel, probably off to open the laptop and analyse it straight away. Does his interview, gets on the coach, opens up the laptop again, and carries on. It is that's what I enjoy about him is that he's he is he's exactly what you see him as, and there's no sort of you don't get snarkiness from him or or sort of like oh I'm worried that he's going to just up and run like when Tottenham got rid of Conte and Chelsea got rid of <laughs> Chelsea got rid of Potter. I try, almost called him Harry then because of the uh, everything. <laughs> um. Sorry, it's like you transformed in front of me. It was outrageous. Um, there was talk of people being like, oh, we should be worried that he's going to go. And you don't get that feeling with him. You sort of no. get the idea that he's found, he finds a project and he buys into it and he gives everything onto it. And clearly he's he's given a lot over to the club, to the fans, to the squad. And I, it's just outstanding, isn't it? We've got results with a great manager and a, a great squad and amazing owners. I don't... I can't think of anything going wrong at the moment. And I keep seeing really, really good food being served at the ground, yeah. which is a personal highlight for me. Like if I'm getting down there before the end of the season, I will hunt it. I will hunt the food down. I'm seeing good pictures come out of food from the Holt. So I am going to see what it's like on Tuesday when I go, because I haven't been to the Holt. The last time that I went in the Holt end was um, FA Cup replay against Wickham, the season that we went down. Wow, so, <laughs> a lot's changed since then. Yeah, I was so saying, yeah, I'm I'm looking was... forward to that. But yeah, the the thing around Emery, as I say, it fits. I feel like at the moment, I feel like he's going to be here for a long, long time. Yeah. And you know, we're only how many games are we in now? About twenty games. <laughs> like of his game, his yeah, his, he's had twenty games or something. Like, just feels like this has been forever, and it will be forever. It just it's just nice to be part of, and you do wonder now, like what we're going to be capable of this season. Because, as I said earlier, I just I go into every game believing that we're coming out of it with a win or at least a point, and it, it's, I can't remember the last time I felt like that. Well, I've never. I, I I didn't even feel like it when we went on our ten game winning run under no, Smith. No. I didn't. I didn't believe. You always believed that the next game was going to be the faulting point, and I, I just don't see it now. And 
yeah, whilst I whilst I said earlier, you know, I'm I'm, I'm cautious of playing against the likes of Brentford. I don't think that we're going to slip. I don't see us following. What's he got? He's got a, an over two point game, two point per game average, which is ridiculous. That means he's nearly averaging a win every game. Well, which, I mean, well, if, he's not if, far if off, is he? <laughs> well, I mean, if, if we're averaging two points a game, seven games left, that's 14 points, and then we'd end up on 64 points, which unbelievable. you're probably guaranteed Europe then. Yeah, uh, unless everyone else has from. a yeah, unless everyone else has a perfect record like Brighton and Liverpool with the games in hand. Mm. If you didn't get Europa League from that, you'd be so unlucky. Yeah, uh, uh, I think the, but, I think you got you got European results to go in different ways as well. I mean, because you've got well, we've got a team that can win the Europa League still. Uh, we've got well, as of this time, we're recording at twelve minutes past eight on the eighteenth of April. We've still got two clubs in the Champions League. Um, probably <laughs> yeah. due to be won by the end of this recording. Uh, I yeah. stick my neck out on the line, and judging by James's face, he's got the game on the background. So it, it, it is, it's, it's all up in the air, and I'm, I'm not looking at it. I, I keep trying to ask people what happens if this. I'm not thinking about it. it we end up where we end up, and I have, I'm not worried about the games. Let's put it that way. I don't think that's the tripping point. I think what what we do is now is we. we I say we, I'm not going to take credit for it. James Powell, a tweet earlier on the on the Faithful Pod account. Uh, I'll get it up now uh, because I'd be lying if I said I memorised it off my head. Uh, now, it was asking three very important questions. Uh, it was, who do you think you... Who do you think? So I just, just capitalised. I feel like I have to emphasize <laughs> it. Who do you uh, think has been the most pivotal player under Emery? How many goals will Ollie have come in the end of the season? And uh, where will we finish? Now, uh, we're, we're at about 45 responses now. <clears throat> I'm sorry. I'm not going to read them all out now. Um, I can smell my dinner and I'm very hungry. Uh, as much as I love you all, I'm very hungry. So uh, I, I picked out a couple key names. I, I, I know you've got a couple as well, James. So we'll have a little chat about them. The two I wanted to pick out that I'm, I backed most which is controversial because it's not including the main one. And that's because I think I'm going to leave him for you because because he's he's your guy because you backed him more than I did. So the first, the two I wanted to point out were, um, were McGinn and were Louise, uh, were my first, my two that I want to talk about. And uh, I think I'll let you say the two that you know. Mine would actually be Watkins and Mings. It's hard, isn't it? Because you, you love the whole squad and... I, there's no one's been bad under him, ah, Bailey. Um, not bad, but bad in not comparison. Yeah, exactly. It's hard. It's hard when you have got the com- comparisons coming through. And I think the one, if I had to pick one as a whole out of the two I've picked, I'd actually go with with Douglas Louise. <laughs> I think that I think if you were to take Douglas Louise out, I think it hurts more than if you were to take John McGinn out personally yeah. out of the two of them uh it's so hard though because uh, i still think that i think mings has, has always had that ability in him and i think he's he's needed a manager to back him and he's needed uh the ability to play under a system that isn't leaving him on his own as well i think that's my view on him but it, yeah i think whilst all of them have been so great and you got like some moreno you can pick out on as well douglas louise man the way he operates 
in that role, the role that we've we've starved him from since he's been here, and he's gone from nearly being us all talking about let's cash in on him next summer. You know, is now I'm like I will not, I don't want to see him in any other strip apart from our away or third or training. That's it. He's yeah. just he spreads the play when he needs to. He's there. He's just there. Is what I love about him. Every time the ball comes into the box, I think he's going to get it. I can't see him sometimes. I'm like Doug Sawyer has got that, and he does. He's he's just around, gets himself about, and he's so much less rash now. I think. He's, yeah. He's just not that because sometimes he'd fly in for things <laughs> that he just had no business going in for, and he'd miss it. He'd make the most outrageous passes. You think, what are you doing? And he's, he's sort of rubbing that out of his game, and it's only greatness, I think, for me. And he's he's my one anyway. But that's not discounting John McGinn. Obviously, he's changed my mind completely, and he's become a stalwart at right mid, which no one predicted would be where he'd end up. But he has, and more power to him because seeing him stick that ass out and beat his man is is never going to get old ever. Yeah. Yeah, he's been really good. And, you know, talking about Louise rubbing it out of his game, I'm rubbing one out watching him play. Honestly, he's so fucking good. I mean, I know, you know, this this is going to have to have a warning. Say goodbye on it to here. any Aston Villa football club links <laughs> we'll get. I don't think we'll ever have Douglas Louise on this podcast in our lives. Uh, honestly, <laughs> he's just so good. I think he's he's like a, like a, what's the best musician out of an orchestra to pick for him? He's, he's an elegant. The hot, uh, what the I'll be lying, I don't violin? Many violin? In my time. violin. <laughs> he's like a violinist, yeah. but he's been given that sheet of paper to follow by Emery, and mm. it's brought out the best of him. And he's just so good at what he does. He, he can dictate the play, whether it's playing high vo- high volume po- passing game or whether it's playing forward and breaking the lines. He's got it all. Uh, and McGinn, he he's been put into bassoon. his best position. Sort of give him the bassoon, I reckon, in the orchestra. Yeah, yeah, big loud. Lovable. I, I bloody love him. And McGinn. And he, he's just took that role. And as you said, he's made it his own as well as mm. following the instructions that he's given. Um, the two that I picked, you know my love for, for Ali. He's always been my main man. He, he's always been the one that I wanted starting. And <clears throat> I always saw the potential of what kind of goal scorer he was. Yeah, He just needed to be got into the right positions. And that's what he is now. But... For me, the most pivotal player under Emery has been Mings. And that's, as you said, he's still doing what he's always done defensively. But everything that we do attacking-wise starts from the back. Mm. And he can either play long, he can play the ball into the channel, or he can play through the lines. He's he's become so good at orchestrating play from the back now. he's, He's not rash under pressure. He knows when to play and where to play and how to play. And it, it's been really key for us in, in in building up from the back, and that's what's impressed me most about him because he's always had ability on the. He's, he's I think I'm pretty sure he's a fullback by trade. He used to play at fullback. At he Italy. was fullback for Bournemouth. He was he was left back, weren't he? Yeah, and and he, he he's you can tell that with how he brings the ball into midfield. Sometimes yeah. that confidence on the ball is just getting that sort of education of how you you, you would say the Spanish footballing way. But taking extra touches on the ball and no pass is too short either. You, you've got to drag players about, and he's just took to it like a duck to water. And 
he, he's, he still looks like a captain. Mm. He's got no captain role at this club, but he still looks like a captain and leading by example as well as vocally. So uh, for me, he's been the standout. <coughs> you just... With, with Mings, obviously, he's... I can't think of what to compare it to. There's, there's one film, right? You've got a film in your mind that you love, right? It, it's sort of your favourite film. You can tell me if you want. You don't have to. Um, uh, and then I could go, that's shit. And you'll defend it. And you'll try and convince me. And I will go, no, I've not seen it. But I've seen one clip from it. And it looks shit. That is what we've had to do against opposition fans all this season. And since Mings has been in our starting lineup, And with other fans of ours. Because they don't watch yeah. him. They watch... Oh my god, he's misplaced that pass and slipped a bit. Donkey. And it's like, no, it's, believe it or not, football isn't played in short snippets of clips. He has four games where he is impeccable. He actually, I think on Saturday, he misplaced one pass that led to a small counter-attack led by some small club in black and white. Um, and it was pointless anyway, because they didn't do anything from it, because small club, black and white, uh, sub on the time, that sort of thing. And um <laughs> that's it though. That's the la- that's the only mistake he's made. I can remember for for months now. It feels he doesn't make mistakes like that. He uh, centre backs misplaced passes. It's what they do. No centre back yeah. is perfect. And, uh, I think the only centre back I've seen that it pretty much actually no, that's not true. Jo- John Stones is known for making errors at times because he's a ball playing centre back. Yeah, with with Mings, it's been a constant defence. I mean, I was defending him again yesterday and. Thank God for for any Villa videos they put out or, or Villa streams because I've been overloaded with meme content. I've got uh, Birch and Traore putting two fingers up to use to pretty much any Newcastle fan that comes in my mentions now. So uh, more power to him. And I think obviously we, we've chatted about Oli. We'll move on now. Oli Watkins is currently sitting on 14 goals, 30 games played. Uh, that's 12, is it now? 12, 13 since the World Cup resume uh, resumption yeah. from the World Cup. Um, Harlan saw that and had to go and score two because he saw that Ollie Watkins was one above him and went, I ain't having that. Yeah, he's not a real person, is he? Little no, it's ball. not It's not fair, is it? So really, no. Ollie's the winner. Yeah. Um, and obviously, the second question was, <laughs> how many goals do we see him finishing on? I would also point out, he's got 20 goal contributions. He's got 14 goals and six assists. That's nothing to be laughed at. That's really good. So I'll be honest, and we've got seven games left now. So, obviously, he's not going to score in score a hat trick in all of them, and if he does, that's probably the golden boot second runner up. So, you know, there's no point going for that. I I do genuinely, however, see him finishing on at least minimum twenty one now. I've gone twenty. Uh, I think that would be the record for us in a Premier League season, wouldn't it? Uh, yeah, I think so. I don't think anyone's got over nineteen. Um, so that... I'd love 20 that'd be, yeah. that'd be great uh, a 20 goal striker in the Premier League that'd Ridiculous. be about. and that's what 6 goals now in, that, that he'd need to get in 7 games I think he can do that some of the games left uh, I'm seeing a hat-trick against Wolves <laughs> that'd, oh. that'd be so good that'd take him up to, to 17 alone So, but yeah <clears throat> I think I'd love him to get 20 just to prove that he can be a 20 goal at a season striker and that's that's with getting mm. two goals in 11 games at the start of the season yeah. so what what could he get you know if he got 20 
the start by the end of this season, he's capable of twenty three to twenty five probably. That'd be the return on that is is incredible. And yeah. you know, as we said, he's not just a goal scorer. He, his all round game is is really really good. Yeah. It... Uh, what I enjoy most about watching him, it, it, it's not sort of the fact that he doesn't score too many wonder goals. It doesn't discount his finishing, but he scores the goals I've always wanted him to score. Just the not the tappings, but the one-on-ones and, and, and the finishes where you just need him to put it away. Nothing fancy, just put it in the back of net. And he has been. The two goals against Newcastle are just perfect. That's exactly what you want from a striker. In the yeah. box, gets the ball and puts it right <laughs> where he needs to both times. No yeah. messing. Centre backs got no chance. Yeah, obviously my 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 prediction has him scoring pretty much a goal a game for the next seven. I think that he does get a couple of twos in a, in a couple of them, and probably like I think weirdly enough, it's almost written in history that we somehow get Europe, but in the back of it, it means that Unai Emery has his first ever nil-nil draw against Brighton at home to secure it. I th- for some reason, that's in my head that right. that's that's the way that our history goes is I finally get to see my club in Europe, but I have to see this amazing record go, especially the record of us scoring in every game as well, which is also really key to note. So I, th- I think he's got a few more in him and I think he's been outstanding. And judging by the replies on here, you've got so many people, you've got 19s popping out, you've got a couple of 20s, Actually, I'll be honest, the majority are, are 20s. And, you know, a couple people saying they hope they underestimate. A couple people would meet 21, 23, which would be brilliant. That's nine goals. So, yeah, it's um, it's a player that I, I counted out too much. And clearly I was drawn to the idea that players are their own makers and downfall when it, it's clearly not the case. And... I'm just glad to know that because I'm I've been so so blanket with my statements that it, it, I've now learned to just be honest and realise that we've got a Champions League winning squad. <laughs> Always got to stay humble, you know. It will be nice. It will be nice seeing Watkins, you know, putting three past the keeper at the Bernabeu. But yeah, it, it he's just his game has, has come alive, and it's no surprise under Emery because he gets the best out of his strikers and. They're all similar sort of area that he scores from now. It's in and around the six-yard box. Whether he's mm. got there through a good run or whether he's in the box in the right place, he's just always in that right area to put the ball in. And when that's your that's for your game, you will score plenty as long as you're being fed. And we are one game away now from breaking the Premier League, Premier League record of um, yeah. consecutive games scored in since the start of a manager's manager's tenure I think it'd be, it will be 20 games so we've yeah. done 19 games under Emery yeah so oh that'd be that'd be lovely to have and you know Brentford a good side not bad defensively recently they've wobbled a bit but I, I can't not see us scoring I can't not see us scoring ever again <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I don't know what Aston Villa nil is anymore no. it, it, doesn't, it doesn't happen so you know I think we're just so on fire that half the time momentum and form just comes into it that they're going to go into that game thinking, you know, we're going to score. It's about stopping them. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. But, you know, it, another another win on the road. 
I I was messaging my mate and I was like, oh, I, I'll be honest with you, I'm busting for the loot. And it was just about to kick off. You went, don't go now. All your goals are scored within the first 55 seconds, it seems like. And he wasn't wrong again. Nearly, so Nearly um, uh, Exactly. All I can say to all Villa fans is, no matter what you do, at least catch the first 15 minutes of every Villa game. No matter how busy you are or where you are, I'm going to do everything in my power because, unfortunately, you know, a bit of a disruption to the to the timeline. But I am away in in another country this weekend, unfortunately. So, the uh, fans, it's going to be so hard for me to find the game. You can bet your bottom dollar I am finding the first 15 minutes somewhere because yeah. I'm well aware of the fact that Watkins will have bagged probably three by the time I'm able to find a stream there. So <laughs> it, it, it leads us on perfectly to, to the final question and a great way to round off the pod because it, it seems like a positive conversation. And it was, where will we finish now? And it's hard to put a prediction down because there's so... If everyone was on the same games played with the points they are on now, easy to predict it, really. It, it feels a lot yeah. more comfortable, but... Yeah, I, I've gone through before I say what I think. I've gone through and I've seen the majority is eight slash seven. I think eight's, yeah, eighth actually feels a bit disappointing now. Um, <laughs> for some reason, I, I would never have said that at the start of the season, but now, yeah, it sort of hurts. Uh, eighth and seventh is what I'm seeing majority. I, I have, I have seen a fourth, there's a couple of fifths and sixths, but I think, I, I think the main one was seventh. Yeah, um, it, it's uh, it depends, doesn't it, on 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 cup trophies and stuff and stuff like that. But there's <laughs> uh, a likelihood that Europe can stretch as far as eighth this yeah. year. Uh, there is yeah. a realm of possibility where it does go to eighth, and, and that's obviously Conference League, I believe, for, for eighth. Which, trust me, I'm not turning my nose up at. I, no, I would bite your hand off for that now. So, uh, I think. Six, I'd agree with you. I'm going sixth, and I just think it's sort of like a hopeful prediction, but it's because there's so many variables at play. I mean, Brighton's two games in hand, I think, are against City and Newcastle, so they're not easy. And no. we've already got the points in the board, the pressure's on them. And that, that's they feel like draws, don't they? they? Yeah, I mean, City don't look like they're losing another game this season. <clears throat> yeah, so. I, I can't see and. Depends what Newcastle turns up now, you know, it, whether it's the Newcastle that we've seen all season or whether it's that Newcastle from the first half against Brentford or the Newcastle against us at the weekend. You don't know what you're going to get at the moment. Mm. So th- they're not easy games for them still. So I-, I could see two points out of those two games, the same as you. Um, but yet yeah, we look at these last seven fixtures and say, you know, these teams are around us. It's going to be hard. But as we go along, three games time, it could be a team at serious letter form. And, yeah. you know, Spurs being one of them, you don't, again, you don't know what you're going to get. And if you get at them, they're, they're scared. So it, it's one of those, isn't it? We've got Fulham next Tuesday. They could have a bad game on at the weekend and go into it, not looking forward to it. We yeah. could do it and it'd be the other way around. It's, it's so hard to call, but going out optimistically because of what we've been watching, I can't, I can't not see us getting Europe at the moment. And, Again, that's still crazy. I, I don't care what form of Europe it is. No. Getting Europe from where we were 12 games in is just bonkers. We were on 12 points. We were in a relegation scrap at that point, and we've only added 
a left back and a youth prospect up front yeah. to, to the squad. It's just incredible. And I'm here for the ride. Whatever happens the rest of this season, I'm happy with what I've been watching so far. And it's valuable experience either way. So it is what it, it is. To end. That's my problem. Is I don't want this. The first time I've gone to the, the last few games season, I've not gone. Please just end it now. Just get the season yeah. over. Get me to the summer. Get me to next season. I'm, I'm just desperate for it to happen. For it to just continue. I don't ever want to stop watching Villa play football at the moment. And again, I don't think we've ever been there. It, I the way I see it, I see Brighton going above us, but I see Spurs dropping out of the top six. Uh, that's the way I see it going. I think. I just don't. I don't think they're, they've they've not got the resilience in that team to to hold out for the for what is basically seven cup finals rest of the season for for everyone in that in that top six. You know, part, there is now. I think it's got to be for a long time. There's no dead certs for for yeah. where they're fighting for. There's no dead cert for the Premier League right now. There's no dead cert for third, for fourth, for fifth, for sixth, for seventh, fourth, for eighth. It's, it is a wild season, and I'm so glad that we chose the good wild side and. Yeah, of course it'd be it'd be unfortunate and slightly disappointing if we weren't to finish top six. But again, where we came from, man, like we need yeah. to hold some things in perspective. And like I know it's like it's sort it's not a winner's mentality to sort of be happy with being lower where you are now, but it's sort of just the way the football is sometimes. And yeah, annoyingly, these teams like Liverpool, despite the fact I think if they win their games in hand, they go level with us above on goal difference. So it it is just going to come down to the games against these clubs. You know, it, you don't know yeah. this idea out there, but the teams above us, you know, like in, if Spurs, Man United and Newcastle, one of them, or I think Spurs will, but... Man United's injury problems come back to haunt them and they play a team that actually shoots against them rather than Forest. there could be a top four spot opening up. And oh, yeah. It's not outside the realm of possibility that a team on a rich vein of form win and uh, sneak in there. So I'm not saying that's going to happen. I'm just saying that's how open it is now. And yeah. The fact that that's a possibility and everyone's showing that graphic, the, the Sky Sports graphic, where we have 0.7% chance of finishing the Champions League. It's a lot of crap. Pretty, it's pretty tosh. So and it seems like all of a sudden we own, you know, all the stats we see at the moment are ones that we don't like. And that is, <laughs> believe it or not, it's human nature to look for the negative. So, you know, it, it, you look at that and you just got to go, so you're telling me there's a chance. Yeah. So you've got to think about it. We didn't have a, we didn't ever think that Champions. I thought that we'd get Champions League in like four years. Yeah. Well, What's I mean, that? if we're looking at predictors and probability, we were given a ninety-three percent chance of relegation the season that we nearly went down. And look at it. Look at where yeah. we are. So don't ignore all of that stuff. You know that. We we famously don't really like the stuff that we're peddled by the media, and that's what it is. They put it but, out there to cause this. They do. They want, they want us to talk about the. When have you ever seen it? You've never seen a percentage for top four ever, but they've clearly saw it and gone. That's going to really piss. It's going to piss them off that Villa fans have got 0.7. Yet, you know, two places below them, Liverpool has got seven percent. That's yeah. going to annoy them. And of well, course, it's, it's not great to see, but. It's the legacy stuff that they that they like to hang on to, but yeah, I think the last thing I'll say is football changes 
so fast and, you know, for we know in three games time. Yeah, for we know in three games time, we could have lost three in a row. We could have won three in a row. Uno out sort of thing, is that what you're saying? <laughs> Never. He's staying forever. <laughs> but, you know, just enjoy it because for, for once, we're safe this this far, well, this far away from the end of the season. Yeah. We're, we're challenging and... A loss right now would be a much more enjoyable loss than what we're used to at this yeah. time of the season. Uh, and just enjoy it because it's a different sort of pressure and, and nerves uh, and it's exciting. And we don't know, it doesn't come around often really for us. So it, it, just enjoy what you're watching, get behind the team. And there's a big fat chance that we could be in the Champions League, the Europa League or the Europa Conference League. Or none. <laughs> Just enjoy what is left because football is entertainment, and that's enjoy the ride, isn't it? You know, it's, yeah. Like it's a flight, and we've gone through takeoff. We're up in the air now. We had heavy turbulence at the start. Now we're smooth, smooth flying, and it's almost relaxing. You've got a great film on. You know, you're watching all three of the Star Wars is on a flight to America, and you're thinking, "This is great." You know, you've got table service, you've got seats, so you've got whiskey come in. You, this is amazing. Like, for some reason, they're letting you smoke cigars on there, which I've heard that some people might be impartial to on the podcast. You know, you know, it's amazing. And you think, I don't want this to end. You're not thinking about the destination. You're enjoying what's happening. And that's what we need to do now. Just enjoy what we're enjoying. Because, like I say, football football changes. It, it's a fickle game and things, things happen. And, <laughs> You know, all it takes is like an injury or, or things like that, and the mood changes. So it's the first time ever as a football club we can genuinely be overwhelmingly positive about what's going on. And yeah, I just, you know, I think the end of the season, you know, you're seeing a club that is going to probably be one of the host grounds to the Euros coming up in 2028, is it? I think if my maths is correct. It was I think so, yeah. Twenty-eight bid, uh, yeah. Because World Cup twenty twenty-two, so twenty twenty-six, yeah. So, you know, we're a club that's expanding, a ground that's going to be so much different in the coming years. We got the inner city training facilities as well. It like what is is so much to enjoy going forwards that we sort of get tripped up and forget. Oh right, we're actually a really good football team right now, and all I'm seeing is videos popping up. Aston Villa are a real problem. Aston Villa doing that. When have you ever seen that rather than the decline of Aston Villa and the pain of an Aston Villa fan? And I'm just, I'm loving it. I, I'm anxious yeah. to watch us, but I'm not anxious to watch us. And that's yeah. what I like. Yeah, well, well put. And each game, we're going to take it a time. You know, on, on to Brentford now. And whatever happens after that, we look to Fulham. And then after that, we look to the next one. And that's how we've got to take it. Because completely, <coughs> I think... The the thought of, of getting to the final day of the season and having something on the line positive to play for is just really, really exciting. And I hope yeah. that's the case. I agree. And as as Emmy Martinez said, seven cup finals, treat it like that. Why not? Yeah. But enjoy them. Enjoy them. Enjoy yeah, it for being fucking disciplined. <laughs> Love that. Brilliant. So, well, uh, you know, to those of you that are keen for the next episodes already, uh, you know, Dr. Dre Star. Uh, a little reference for, for the hip-hop lover fans there, and I realise how white I sound when I say the word hip-hop. Um, 
obviously next week's episode is going to be a bit different because we're also not going to be able to record beforehand. I don't really anticipate the fact that I'll be able to fly home with Zoom on my phone uh, to get recording out on Monday, unfortunately. So uh, Tuesday, uh, we're, we'll, we're going to try and do a little immediate, almost possible, or uh, soon after post-match pod uh, with James calling in from, from outside the stands of Villa Park. So uh it's brilliant, and obviously we're gonna we're gonna smile and, and and not be jealous that James is going to the whole end on a Tuesday night game. We're playing for Europe. We're gonna be happy for James, and this is definitely not me doing my personal coaching and my therapy lesson. So uh, yeah, keep keep an eye out. Obviously, we'll uh, we'll still be posting on everything, and uh, yeah, just uh, I I'll obviously got to do it because I want my little graphic to come up again. So you gotta you gotta hit the like, uh, smash subscribe if you haven't already, and of course up the villa. Up the villa.